All right. How's this? Let's see. I'm back. Is this better? Let's see when you guys can see me better. Perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So, you know, one thing that I've realized is that there are a lot of things going on and I've been speaking for years and years and years, speaking, using words. But one thing we must remember is that the ruling elites can't do anything without permission. Well, everybody can't. And the permission is actually yours. See, there are many preparations for war that are being made. But none of them will be completed anytime soon. Our nation's whole armed services has to be gutted, revamped, rededicated, healed, and restored. The process is underway, and it's quite lengthy, and it takes time. So maybe think of it as a time of rebuilding. On Earth, in this biodome we share, the threat of war is always present. And what I need everyone to understand is, is that it will always exist because we live from a position of lack. And I say this uh, not by using statology, but facts. See, 2023 is the year of R. The letter R will be repeated again and again and again. And people fail to see that they have instructions for life. Whatever denomination of religion you are, there is a good undertone of instructions. See, if you want to navigate the seas, you don't have a teacher. You have an instructor. An instructor gives you instructions. How many of us have purchased something at Ikea and you throw away the instructions? Some of you may figure it out, but most of you understand that if you don't follow these instructions, your bookcase will be wobbly, your bed might break, and you'll be with leftover screws. I mean, sometimes we follow instructions and there's leftover screws. R. The letter R, you know, our language is so particular. Do you know that the Latin base letter R actually comes from the word Reich? Reich. It's part of the Hebrew alphabet. Literally means head. And in fact... Our pineal gland represents the letter R as well. Pretty interesting. R can be used as representation of the three R's. It used to be reading, writing, arithmetic. Now it's reuse, recycle, something, something, whatever they're talking about, environmental changes. But R also means resurrection. 
and rising are. In fact, the eye of Horus is also represented or looks like an R. But instructions that I was saying are given. You have instructors that teach you how to navigate the seas and the skies. And in almost every religious text, historical religious text, God tells us to take his words as instructions, not demands. He is instructing you. Do you want to fly? Your instructor guides you. Do you want to build your future? Your your instructor gives you the instructions. Give yourself continually to the word and prayer. To be light, you must emulate. And if we remember, words are power. There's actually, go for that. Acts 6 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Everything began with the word. Well, this year, the word is going to be full of R's. Recession, restitution, huh? In reality. You know, when I talk about predictive analytics, people just bounce to quantum computing, but there's also something called statology. Um, it's the study of statistics. That's basically what predictive analytics is. Statology. Um, the study of it. And it can give you positives, negatives. It can give you your grand deviations uh, that you need to understand how accurate you are. And well... Humans are supposed to be treated like nodes and not absolutes. And you know what's weird is that, again, everyone needs your permission for everything. And that includes the people that claim to know. Have you ever wondered, have you looked online just to write Prophecy 2023 and how all of them sound the same? That's because I build you as you build me. A reflection of what's inside of you is what you see. R. 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 Reflections. See, isn't it amazing how even in our Bible, rest is also an instruction? Genesis chapter 2, 3. Right? Scripture that is delivered to you where it says on the seventh day God ended his work. That means if you're lazy and you're not like God, please revisit that. But he actually gave instructions not to be lazy but to rest. Year 2023 is going to be full of ours. Take every opportunity you can to rest. You must build relationships. Relationships. 
Keep them close. Your community will be very, very important. We all know two are better than one. And if one person falls, the other will lift it, right? That's the whole meaning of where we go one, we go all. It's not about one person knowing and being, but a collective of people working together. Ecclesiastes 4.10, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Please remember that as you move forward into 2023. While you think you've seen the brunt of psychological operations, the biggest one is yet to come. Because the beast system is worse than many people think. They think it's just digital currency. They think it's, I don't know, predicting what they're doing. No, it's not. It's taking hold of your reality. It's taking hold of your knowledge. For example, remember when I talked about Carvana like a year or so ago? I don't even remember when I did. Where I did that show where I said, you know, they're going to fall. And I was even looking at Carvana. They're super easy to get a loan with, super easy, high rates. But now Carvana is laying people off. There's class action suits, stolen cars, and more. I told you it was a money laundering front. <clears throat> and if you pay attention to the timing, it's almost like someone took the lead and went with it. Because it was during that time that they figured out the whole FTX stuff had nothing to do with Puerto Rico, of course, right? This is priority for people to be able to take a step back. Take a step back and look at what's in front of you. Think of a world where everyone needs your permission to do things. Just think of that for a second. I actually found a video that depicts it. So I'll play it while I talk. And you guys can observe. But I want you to think of a world where everyone needs permission to do something. Right? Everyone. What if everyone needed your permission to do something? How would that work? Like, think about it. How would that even work? If the devil, you know, decides. It's so funny that it's seven days, right? Everyone needs your permission, you know, then people would have to ask to go to the bathroom. People would have to ask to press the gas on the car. People would have to ask for food. People would have to ask permission to drink water. And it tells you just how quick the world would fall if they required permission from someone. If they needed to ask permission, the world would fall almost instantly. So, Consent to action, I guess. What is it called? Manufactured consent. I tell you things and that's the way it is. Well, it's not that. It's speaking things into existence. And in fact, the Bible tells you about that. And you forget. All of you do. The Quran says that. The Torah says that. Let's stick to the Bible for a second. 1 Peter 3.10 For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Words are powerful. 
Words manufacture your reality. Words. Remember, the world was created with the word. Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Words. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, why am I telling you this? You'll see. Ephesians 4.29, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, why do I say this? Words, 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 words are how we create everything. There is nothing we cannot create without words. In fact, Jordan Peterson complained about the shift of media. Why? Because of spoken word. I want you to listen to this very carefully. As we delve into recession, restitution, and reality, it's quite fascinating. Is the way that people respond to being mobbed on Twitter. I had, there were days upon days where there were reporters lined up coming into the house one after the other and and that's that really hasn't stopped i was going to say carefully what i believe to be true because there wasn't a safer route than that every time i walk down the street someone stops me someone stopped me on the way here you know and, and as opposed to my treatment at the hand of a minority of journalists, which has been atrocious upon occasion, and and academics as well. The treatment I receive from people in public is so positive that it's almost unbearable. You know, people, civilized people, and and I mean that in, in, in civilized, socialized people, cannot tolerate being mobbed. Because no, they can't. Because, and there's a reason for that, you see, you you said, with regards to the British Columbia uh, Human Rights Tribunal, you know, if there's 16 people on one side and one on the other, you might be thinking that the 16 people are right. More or less. Right, right. But then you think think of the situation where you've said something on Twitter and, you know, a thousand people mob you publicly. I mean, your first response, if you're... Your first response is going to be to examine your own conscience and see yep. how you transgressed. It's not really much different psychologically. I mean, it's lesser, I suppose, but it's not that much different than waking up one morning and coming to your door and finding a mob of your neighbors angrily aggregated yep. on your lawn. You know, it's a terrible shock for people and it really hurts them. You know, they're often, they're often, by all accounts, you know, damaged for lengthy periods of time by this and, and their first their first impulse is to apologize which is which is truly the wrong thing like the right yeah, thing it is. to do it's then well the right thing to do is to is to 
is to understand that if you haven't done anything wrong, you have, you don't apologize. Now that's a very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult. And then to wait, because if you wait two weeks, people will come to your defense. Yeah, they will. But it takes the people who will come to your defense two weeks to get their act together, where it takes the activists who are unbelievably organized 15 seconds to well, lob you. The legacy media uh, types are, they're done. They're so done. It's And it's happened so fast. I notice among young people that the legacy media the big magazines, the newspapers, the TV stations, the radio stations for that matter, all of whom had a monopoly on this kind of information flow, are so dead to people under 30 that it's as if their death isn't even noticed. In a legacy media interview, everything is scripted and you're never talking to a person. You're talking to the corporation, essentially. And I'm not being cynical about that. It had to be that way because bandwidth was so expensive but now you can sit down with someone and you can risk exploration of course that's what Joe Rogan has been doing so well for so many years you can risk exploration you can have two people having a genuine discussion about a complex issue and so they're they're engaging in dialectical thinking and if they're good at it they're modeling it so they can model high quality dialectical thinking and pull people along on an exploratory journey and make it permanent. And that's completely revolutionary. That's never been possible before. And 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 the possibilities are um, limitless. The next thing is you can take those conversations and you can chop them up into 30 second pieces, a minute long pieces, five minute long pieces, 20 minute long pieces. And each of those can find a specialized home that can attract millions of views. And so, it's as if you could write a book and sell it by the sentence. It's it's really something. So, and YouTube isn't TV by a different form. First of all, it's permanent. That's weird. And, and unbelievably powerful, because it also means that for the first time in human history, the spoken word or the or the received image has as much permanence as a book. But it's way faster to market. Way more people attend to it. Like, you know, I can put up a YouTube video that I make in a day and it'll have 150,000 views in a week. I can't do that with a book. That would take me three years and probably it wouldn't happen. I probably wouldn't sell 150,000 copies. So it's a whole new thing. And it's, God only knows how powerful it is. You know, we have no idea. It's a Gutenberg revolution for the spoken word. It's a different thing, that's right. It's a different landscape. The old, the, the rules that work for television don't work for YouTube because YouTube isn't television. Now, I, that doesn't mean I know what it is, but, but it likes things rougher. That's, you know, you can observe it to some degree. It doesn't like editing very much. It wants to see the mistakes. It wants to see the warts. It trusts it then. It doesn't want everything airbrushed and edited out. Um, it doesn't care as much about attractiveness. You know, like, it isn't like all the YouTube people who have become influential are the good-looking news anchors that you see on CNN. In fact, I think that's also something that people have come to distrust. So, but you just can't make the lateral move from a 
an old media to a new media, especially if you have contempt for the new media, which is a big mistake. It means you don't know anything about it. So you're shunted off into irrelevancy before you realize it. And so, you know, maybe the same thing will happen to YouTube too in five years because a new technology come out. That could easily happen. The spoken word, the revolution, the actual revolution of spoken word in reality. See, years ago when I said that, uh, well, I think I wrote an article about this, that these are obsolete, I meant it. And then you have to think, well, he says that they have detest for new media. Detests for new media. It's only the talking heads that don't get paid that have the detest. It's only the talking heads that got the glitz and glamour that they grew up and wanted. Kind of like that thirsty person who's like, oh, I'm going to be on TV because I look good. Sorry. Sorry to break the news to you. But TV is dead. In fact, people enjoy less stimuli. They enjoy listening more. And you know what's amazing about it when I said that radio will revolutionize? Well, the reason I say this is because people are starting to use their R gland, what is it called, pineal, whatever, and they're starting to pick up on rhythm and frequency, and they can hear it. Spoken word is powerful. Music is powerful. We all vibe on frequencies to maintain our shapes, right? Ever see the movie Lucy when she started to be able to unlock so much of her brain that she was able to change her shape? Remember, you're only a bunch of atoms resonating in a specific frequency. To keep your shape and face resonating at a frequency, vibing, right? There's a notion behind that. R. Whoa. Is it going to be a year of R? Rest. It's necessary. But you know one thing I can tell you? That almost everyone in the world will instantaneously crucify you. Instantaneously. But also, most people that clap for you are clapping for themselves through you. Remember that. One thing you need to focus on is where you focus your energy this year. See, a lot of people have invested time and energy into the wrong places and the wrong people. And you know, when you're at the end of our life, right, you realize that the people that really mattered, you ignored them, pursuing those you thought that mattered or those people that told you they were important and told you about topics that matter that never really resonated with you. But because everyone is sharing their message, you must obey. Uh, see, 
I have spoken about this in length. I wrote about it many times. DARPA had funded Twitter to do just that. And if you think YouTube, as, you know, Jordan Peterson says, is, you know, to break the system, you're wrong. They knew the system broke. That system broke in 2008. It broke. And so, and it literally broke. Like it had broken from before, you know, in the 90s because Bill couldn't get away with rape. And even though they made it look like just an affair, we all knew it was rape. So they started biometric collections, communications collections. Many will tell you that China has failed because they're more communist and that America has a hybrid system. (laughs) Hybrids are usually monsters. You never want a hybrid system. You want none of the beast system. You can't say, well, we're so far in deep. We need some of it. You need none of it. See, we tend to gray the lines and we're not taking a side on where we stand as a people, as a person, as a you, as a female or male, as a mom or a dad, as a grandma, as a grandpa, as a co-worker, worker, boss, subordinate, whatever. You need to take a stand on that. We can't have some of it. We can't have a hybrid system. But Tori, then how will we, I don't know, control people? Well, that's the thing. Going back to my comment, if you look, it's almost as if all of these alleged internet prophets are saying the same thing, paraphrasing. Um, But it had to start somewhere. Right? Or do they just all come out? Do they have backdoor chats? Okay, we're going to organize like the Q digital string decoder gang did, what they're going to talk about and who they're going to thumb. Was it a 3 a.m. drop from an AI and they thought it was? <laughs> think. It's a collective group think. If anything, walking into 2023, stop wasting your time on people that don't matter. People that matter only for themselves. People that you invest time and effort into. Invest in your family. Invest in your community. Invest in making your time valuable. And I should be the one to talk. I remember for the past, you know, almost decade, every time I go to confession and I escaped confession when I went to New York to my hometown church, right, where they raised me because uh, the bishop, you know, is ill and his and Father Nectarios, who's pretty much more in charge, was sick. So I avoided that confession because it would have been the same. And Father Stacy, who passed away after getting his second job, Standing up, getting ready for liturgy. When we'd go into confession, the one thing I would always say is, I need to learn how to command time for myself. Because I'm always out of time. Time slips away from me when it comes to me. I'll give you an example. A couple days ago, I wanted to go out and take my cousin out. I mean, she's here. She wants to go places. She wants me to take her out. She's like, oh, I'd like to go here for dinner, you know. And 
I turned on my shower at 3 p.m. so it can get hot. I like it steamy. Took off all my clothes, ready to go. Phone call. Dang. Turned off the shower. Continued the phone call. Then a couple emails. <sighs> turned the shower back on. So from 3 p.m. all the way up to 7 p.m., I was still trying to take that shower. And it wasn't because I was doing something for myself. It was work-related and for the people. I don't know how to make time for me. Um, you know, I feel guilty when I'm out. I mean, yesterday, Phoebe, you know, decided, hey, mom, I'm taking you out. I got my paycheck and I'm taking you out and we're going to go see Avatar. And I felt guilty having my phone off during that period of time. I felt as if I was dropping the ball. Now, I feel that way because I know what's coming. Tell us what's coming. If you knew what reality was really like, like the actual reality of things. There was a movie we did on Twitch together, and we watched it. It was a movie about a guy who started to see the truth. Do you remember in the end? I don't remember the name of the film. So if anyone, you know, knows, let me know. I'll look at the chats. Let me just put it on my phone so I can look at the chats. It was a movie where, you know, in the end, he woke up and he saw that the, the, the parents were sitting on cardboard boxes that were labeled couch, that a cardboard box was considered lamp, that, you know, and it said the word lamp. TV, even though they were watching TV, it was just a cardboard box that said the word television on it. Remember when he started seeing reality, it was a really old movie. I'm really old. I mean, really old movie. Is it called Virtual Nightmare? Let me see. Let me look it up. Because it was a scene that tells you exactly what we're going through right now. Exactly what we're going through right now. While you want to know, in the end, his parents didn't want to see the truth. They decided to not see the truth. No, it's not Virtual Nightmare. It's an old movie. It's not Virtual Nightmare. It was, in the end, the parents stopped and they said, stop, we're okay with this. We like the illusion, the beautiful lies. See, if you actually knew what reality was like, you probably wouldn't want to be here. I guess the three R's for this year's is recession, restitution, and reality. Many more R's are to come. I mean, it is also the year of the rabbit, right? It's the year of the rabbit, too. What does recession mean, though? Recession can mean stagnation, unemployment, inflation. We're going to be hearing a lot of unemployment rates coming this year. You know, we got elections. We got to have some new blood come in because even the lefties are not happy. And the globalists are realizing the only way to take them down is to put someone that will appear to provide a solution. Key here. And I want to put a parenthesis on this. But a very strong emphasis. There are many pastors that I've been seeing. They lure you in with their words. Beautiful words. They are so fantastic. 
they are people that are giving you everything you want to hear about the Lord, the Bible, the quotes, the everything. But all of them are telling you how God will have eliminated someone only to resurrect them from the dead. And that sounds like something that God said was not a good thing. And I'm watching very big pastors talk about that. And I'm like, hmm, stay away. Now, what does it mean by someone died and then resurrected? Is he going to get shot in the head and then resurrected? Or could he be alleged to be dead and then manifests years later? Those could be things too. Who knows? The beast system is a lot uglier than you think. Now, there are many things that you can speak into existence. The one thing you should only speak to, you know, when they say, oh, make a wish. You know what I tell people? Don't wish for something specific. My only wish, and I hope all of you embrace this wish, is to be able to have the ability to have everything you want. Don't think of it as monetary, right, or tangible assets. But think, I want to have everything I want. If I want quiet, I should have quiet. If I want health, I should have health. If I want money, I should have money. If I want that really cool handbag that's way too much and I'm never going to buy it even though I really want to, I want to have that. All of you must focus on having everything you want. Everything you desire, you should have. Think of it. And you know how you see it coming into your life? When you invest in people and you invest your time with your family, your friends, and your community. Two, better than one. And together, with the same goals of wanting to have everything, well, so be it. Now, recession, as we know, is known as a period of time where it's hard times and it's a downturn. Like, we've been in a downturn. Our nation has been spending like crazy. But it will be the first six months of this year. All you'll be hearing is about recession. They're finally going to say it. They didn't want to say it after Biden took office, but they're finally going to say it. Recession. Recession, recession, recession. (laughs) And then you have to think, well, what causes recession? Well, I found a video for that. Let's take a look what they say. Causes an economic recession. I think it's not just economic, spiritual too. Well, let's take a look. For millennia, the people of Britain had been using bronze to make tools and jewelry and as a currency for trade. But around 800 BCE, that began to change. The value of bronze declined, causing social upheaval and an economic crisis, what we would call a recession today. What causes recessions? This question has long been the subject of heated debate among economists, and for good reason. A recession can be a mild decline in economic activity in a single country that lasts months, a long-lasting downturn with global ramifications that lasts years, 
or anything in between. Complicating matters further, there are countless variables that contribute to an economy's health, making it difficult to pinpoint specific causes. So, it helps to start with the big picture. Recessions occur when there is a negative disruption to the balance between supply and demand. There's a mismatch between how many goods people want to buy, how many products and services producers can offer, and the price of the goods and services sold, which prompts an economic decline. An economy's relationship between supply and demand is reflected in its inflation rates and interest rates. Inflation happens when goods and services get more expensive. Put another way, the value of money decreases. Still, inflation isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, a low inflation rate is thought to encourage economic activity. But high inflation that isn't accompanied with high demand can both cause problems for an economy and eventually lead to a recession. Interest rates, meanwhile, reflect the cost of taking on debt for individuals and companies. The rate is typically an annual percentage of a loan that borrowers pay to their creditors until the loan is repaid. Low interest rates mean that companies can afford to borrow more money, which they can use to invest in more projects. High interest rates, meanwhile, increase costs for producers and consumers, slowing economic activity. Fluctuations in inflation and interest rates can give us insight into the health of the economy. But what causes these fluctuations in the first place? The most obvious causes are shocks like natural disaster, war, and geopolitical factors. An earthquake, for example, can destroy the infrastructure needed to produce important commodities, such as oil. That forces the supply side of the economy to charge more for products that use oil, discouraging demand and potentially prompting a recession. But some recessions occur in times of economic prosperity, possibly even because of economic prosperity. Some economists believe that business activity from a market's expansion can occasionally reach an unsustainable level. For example, corporations and consumers may borrow more money with the assumption that economic growth will help them handle the added burden. But if the economy doesn't grow as quickly as expected, they may end up with more debt than they can manage. To pay it off, they'll have to redirect funds from other activities, reducing business activity. Psychology can also contribute to a recession. Fear of a recession can become a self-fulfilling prophecy if it causes people to pull back investing and spending. In response, producers might cut operating costs to help weather the expected decline in demand. That can lead to a vicious cycle as cost cuts eventually lower wages, leading to even lower demand. Even policy designed to help prevent recessions can contribute. When times are tough, governments and central banks may print money, increase spending, and lower central bank interest rates. Smaller lenders can in turn lower their interest rates, effectively making debt cheaper to boost spending. But these policies are not sustainable and eventually need to be reversed to prevent excessive inflation. That can cause a recession if people have become too reliant on cheap debt and government stimulus. The Bronze Recession in Britain eventually ended when the adoption of iron helped revolutionize farming and food production. Modern markets are more complex, making today's recessions far more difficult to navigate. 
but each recession provides new data to help anticipate and respond to future recessions more effectively. Want to learn more about how financial markets videos to learn about the stock? All right. So let me just tell you something. The FDIC had um, a hearing and they had a discussion. And in that discussion, do you guys know who the FDIC is? The FDIC says, I will insure the bank's money, right, if there's war. But they only insure up to like $250,000. So for those of you that actually have a lot of money and you have more than $250,000, I would suggest you move that and distribute it amongst many banks. See, the reason I tell you this is if the FDIC saying that they're going to be bailing your banks out, you need to start getting a million checking accounts and keeping a balance in all of them that you can demand. And I would totally get in the habit, since we do have smartphones, to take screenshots that, you know, show the balance that you have. I urge those of you in banking, don't have a lot of money in one bank because they're going to give them a haircut. We saw Something like that happened in Cyprus, if you remember. So the really small accounts actually got what they had. Some of them got even more. The bigger accounts got a haircut. Now, that's something that the FDIC is pushing. So I would highly suggest that you just get yourself a shit ton of checking accounts and throw in a couple dollars there, a couple dollars there, a couple dollars there. But I have cash. Great. That'll keep you for a while. See, you have to think, what are they planning? See, we saw the Simpsons thing. They're constantly, oh, we're going to go blow up an asteroid. Oh, but we unexpectedly did not know that it would knock out satellites and have no power and no communications for like a week or so. And then everyone falls into turmoil. And then, and then, just a, just hypothetically speaking. Now, what I wanted us to get into is restitution. Well, restitution, well, that can mean a lot of things. Payments, redress of grievances of redress, restoration, reparations, reimbursements, refunds, indemnity, right? That's what restitution is. Restitution. You know, there's a band called The Great Awakening, and one of their best songs for me is called Restitution. It's a really good song, actually. Allow me to show you this um Fantastic band. Restitution forms part of a criminal case. Uh, it's usually a type of money that has to be paid back or something that has to be paid back to a victim. So whether it's a simple case like a petty theft, if you've stolen something, you have to pay back the merchandise that you've taken. However, we've handled cases of healthcare fraud and mortgage fraud in which restitution has been 20, 30 million dollars. 
And even after you've served your time, you have to pay back restitution, and that can be crippling for somebody. And most attorneys don't realize that even if you can't pay that money back, it often gets converted to a civil judgment. And then later on in your life, if you ever want to purchase a house or you win the lottery, they come after you for that money. So it is essential to have an attorney who understands the impact that restitution is not only going to have on your criminal case, but on your financial stability and on the financial stability of your family for the rest of your life. And that's just a simple warning to some people out there that think that there's no such thing as restitution. One thing you must understand is that restitution comes in many shapes or forms. See, this young eight-year-old boy sat and wrote a song with his dad. This was 14 years ago. For those of you that are watching, look at the images. For those of you that are listening, the show's on Rumble. You must watch at least this video. So that was actually in um, 432 Hertz. And I urge all of you to watch it again. Pay attention to the images. This was uploaded 14 years ago. 14. And you must listen because that is reality. See, people don't like reality. Even when it's for their benefit. The only way to defeat the darkness... He's by understanding that you're in the dark. And that's when you make your own light to shine brighter. The three R's. So we covered a few, right? We covered the main ones, right? Because we said it's three R's. Obviously, we talked about rest, but recession. You're going to hear a lot of that in the first six months. They're finally going to admit it. I mean, elections are coming anyway, right? Restitution. This is how you get payback. And it's all coming to light. The problem that I have is deals being made in the background. We should be relentless. We should not stop. But you know, what we also need to understand is that reality is shaped through the modes of restitution. What is reality? You'll hear many people tell you that reality is the real world. Well, I thought, instead of doing a musical break this time, let's do a break by watching a Twilight Zone episode that was banned for 52 years. The guy on Rerun Zone on YouTube actually has a commentary on it. And I think it's important that we watch it together while we go get our coffee. For those listening, enjoy. Sight and sound, but of mind. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. 
With those words, Rod Serling began what is now considered one of the most iconic television series of all time. So iconic, in fact, it has been remade as a series three times on television and also made into a feature motion picture. Rod Serling was born on December 25, 1924. Encouraged by his parents, Rod would frequently put on plays in his family's basement for family and friends. When he was in high school, Rod began to write for the high school newspaper and had a reputation as a social activist. He was also interested in sports, but everyone said he was too small for the varsity football team. Listening to the radio was Serling's favorite hobby while growing up. He especially loved listening to horror shows while working at a local Binghamton, New York radio station. Although he was accepted into college, Rod wanted to enlist in the service for the war effort after graduating high school in 1943. He was stationed in the Philippines to fight the Japanese, even though he had hoped to fight the Germans in Europe. His battle experiences while in the service influenced his writings and personal views for the rest of his life. Serling was no stranger to death, as he saw it on a daily basis while he was in the service including a freak accident that killed another private he was stationed with at the time. A food crate had dropped from a plane and landed on the man's head, instantly decapitating him. Serling would later write many scripts using the unpredictability of death as a theme. During his time in the service, he was awarded the Purple Heart, the Bronze Star, and the Philippine Liberation Medal. Serling experienced nightmares and flashbacks for the rest of his life, as well as these traumatic events having an influence on most of his writing. Rod would later say that he turned to writing to get it off his chest. Rod began working at a rehab hospital after being discharged from the service in 1946. He'd been wounded in the knee while in combat in the Philippines, and it was an injury that would plague him for the rest of his life. When he finally entered college after the discharge, he quickly became interested in theater and broadcasting. Rod wrote, directed, and acted in radio programs at school while he was earning his Bachelor of Arts degree in literature. Here he met Carol Kramer, the woman that would later become his wife. Serling was also a daredevil of sorts, and he worked part-time while in college testing parachutes for the U.S. Army Air Force. He earned $50 for each jump, and once was paid $500 for a particularly hazardous test jump. He also was paid $1,000 when he tested a jet ejection seat that the previous three testers had been killed on while testing. In 1957, Ron wrote a teleplay which he intended to be the pilot episode of his new television series which he called The Twilight Zone. The episode was titled The Time Element and was initially rejected by the networks, but was picked up a year later and produced as an episode of the Westinghouse Desilu Playhouse. Are you all right? Oh, sure, I'm all right. Why? Well, this morning you seemed so sure it was another year. The show was a huge success and allowed Serling to begin production on his new, untested anthology series. Although Rod Serling himself is remembered as an on-camera presence in the original Twilight Zone, he actually only appeared physically in one episode in the very first season. That episode was entitled A World of His Own and was the very last episode of the first season. In that episode, Rod actually interacts with one of the characters in the episode itself. In real life, such ridiculous nonsense could never... Rod! 
Up until that point, he was present only as a voiceover, until the end of the episodes where he would do a preview of the next week's episode. There are many memorable episodes in that first season, including Time Enough at Last with Burgess Meredith, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, Third from the Sun, and The Hitchhiker. Rod himself wrote 19 of the first season's 36 episodes and did the teleplays for another 10 episodes of that incredible season, winning himself his fourth Emmy Award for dramatic writing. The second season of The Twilight Zone saw some production problems come into play, as well as a new theme song by Marius Constant, which would replace the dreamy theme by Bernard Herrmann in the first season. This is the theme song that everyone is now familiar with, which contains the unforgettable guitar and bongo theme. Also, a new network executive took over at ABC at that time, and he decided that the shows were running over budget. This new exec, a man named James Aubrey, ordered seven fewer episodes to be produced and six episodes to be shot on videotape to cut costs. Two other episodes which were filmed in the second season, The Grave and Nothing in the Dark, were also held over for the third third season. In the end, the savings only amounted to an average of $6,000 per episode, which was less than the cost of a single episode. Serling again penned 19 of the second season's 29 episodes. Now, an episode entitled The Encounter, which is the 151st episode of The Twilight Zone, is from a story by Rod Serling and a teleplay by an American screenwriter and novelist by the name of Martin M. Goldsmith. It was directed by Robert Butler, who also directed episodes of Batman, Star Trek, and The Fugitive, as well as many other programs of the time. The episode was originally broadcast on May the 1st, 1964, but due to its racial nature, was banned from the television syndication market until January 1st of 2016, when it was finally shown as part of a Twilight Zone marathon on the Sci-Fi Network. In the episode, George Takai, who is known as Mr. Sulu of Star Trek fame, plays a Japanese-American named Takamori, who is spoken to in a racially offensive way by a World War II veteran named Fenton. It was because of this and its racial overtones that the episode was banned from syndication for 52 years. The story centers around a samurai sword that Fenton used to kill a Japanese soldier 20 years previously in World War II. The sword itself has a strange effect on Takamori and seems to have him under its spell. After a scuffle, Fenton, while attempting to retrieve the sword, instead falls on it and dies. Takamori then takes the sword and leaps out of the window to his death. Not one of the more uplifting of Twilight Zone stories. The Twilight Zone was on the air for five seasons, from 1959 to 1964, and won many awards, but never had more than modest ratings. So when it was canceled for the third time after five years and 156 episodes, Serling, who had grown tired of the series, decided not to appeal this latest network decision. He then sold the rights for the show to CBS, partly because the show frequently did go over budget and he didn't think he could recoup the production costs. Thus ended the original five-year run of arguably the best television anthology series ever made. In Rod Serling's own words, every man is put on earth condemned to die. Time and method of execution unknown. And thus it was with his baby, 
the Twilight Zone. Thanks for watching and visiting the Dimension of Imagination. We'll see you next time when we bring you more information on... Well, we did watch this for movie night, the band episode. So let's just watch a clip to remind ourselves. See, movie nights had a purpose too. Who would have think that the time element was something we should all be, I don't know, paying attention to, I guess. It's almost as if YouTube keeps buffering. So I'm just going to download this whole video before I put it live. Can't stop. You guys will remember this one. Mr. Jensen? Pete. Pete? Are you all right? Oh, sure, I'm all right. Why? Well, this morning you seemed so sure it was another year. Did I? Well, I guess I was just a little mixed up, that's all, honey. <laughs> and I didn't mean anything personal about what I said this morning, either. Oh, I told you to forget that. <laughs> Around for all of us. Tom Collins for me. Please. Same here. What about you? What are you drinking? Double scotch. Double scotch. Double scotch. You sure like your scotch, don't you, sir? Why, you've got a grandfather in the bourbon business? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? I wasn't kidding this morning. I meant what I said. The Arizona's going to get sunk tomorrow morning. Are we on that again? We're on that again. Look, Lieutenant. Ensign. Ensign, Lieutenant, it doesn't matter. I've got no axe to grind, you understand? Tomorrow morning, I've got every intention of going down into the basement and cuddling up to the furnace and spending the whole day listening to the sirens. You say you're an engineering officer or something. That means you're down near the boilers. Well, I'm telling you that at about 8.20 a.m. tomorrow morning, there won't be any boilers. There won't be any decks. There won't be any ship left. And that goes for a lot of boilers and a lot of decks and a lot of ships. Not to mention handsome young ensigns with new brides. Please, don't talk like that. I've got to talk like that. This is the second half of the story. I know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because tomorrow is December 7th, 1941 to you people. But it's 17 years ago to me. That's right. Last night I was in New York City. It was 1958. It was October. It was 17 years after what it is this very minute. And I've lived through those 17 years and I know what's going to happen. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. 
We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. You're nice kids. You're nice young kids. I've got no reason. No reason in the world to give you grief. I'm telling you that tomorrow morning we're going to get attacked. And if you're on that ship... I'll be on that ship because that's my berth. Mr. Jensen, you're a nice fellow and all that, but if you keep saying crazy, wild things like this and making Edna worried, I'm going to have to pop you. Come on, honey, we'll have our drink at the bar. Wait a minute. Hey, you, I don't want no trouble. You want to fight, go out and fight a lamppost. You shut your mouth. All right, what are you going to do about it? You're going to stand around holding hands and biting earlobes until this boy goes back to his ship? Because I'm telling you, if he goes back to that ship, he may not be alive at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Repeat, he may not be alive tomorrow <laughs> I told you, I don't want no trouble, you hear me? You, know, you don't want any trouble, huh? You don't want any trouble. All right, I don't want to give you any trouble. I want to give you music. Uh, I'll sing songs for you. Songs you never heard before. Let's remember Pearl Harbor. As we go to meet the fall. You want to hear another one? Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. And we'll all stay free. You hear that? That's the song you're all going to be singing. You're all going to sing that in about a week. Because the Jets are going to... Want to hear another one? Let's remember Pearl Harbor as we go to meet the foe. almost as if people just don't really like people telling them what's coming. That's the way it is. They just deck you, no matter how much. It's like the story of Cassandra. And it all kicks back to reality. So we get restitution. Yes, we will. <laughs> and that will come coupled with recession. Now, many will be like, well, we need to prepare. Well, live his words, and that's your preparation. He will not leave you without anything. Now, tomorrow's show, we'll delve more into that. But I think it's important that we cover reality. 
here's a channel that I watch on YouTube. It's called Science File, the AI. I'd like you guys to watch this clip of what this episode has to say about reality. Let's delve in. The night sky is dark. Chocolate is sweet. Your friendship circles will shrink with time. These are all facts that constitute our reality. Better said, your reality. A reality that is actually not really real, as you'll soon see. Take this apple, red. Solid. Crunchy. Except this is not the real apple, this is the human brain apple. Show it to some man. Red. Take this apple, red. I paused it. What do you see there? Kind of like a Chinese flag. Communism, maybe? Pay attention. Solid. Crunchy. Except this is not the real apple. This is the human brain apple. Show it to some alien with a different visible spectrum, and you get this. The alien brain apple. And maybe the alien has razor-sharp teeth. And when they bite into the apple, it doesn't make that crunchy sound at all. The point is, both the human and the alien apples are different interpretations of the same object, the real apple. And if you remove any observers and their subjective perspectives, how would this objective apple look like? And this applies to the entire universe. Anything that you see, hear, and feel, is just your subjective interpretation of the objective reality. Although a bit different, Plato's theory of forms claims there is a non-physical perfect form of every object, of which the real objects are mere interpretations. We have established that your brain acts as some sort of reality converter, from the objective, to the subjective one, that you perceive right now. Your brain converts photons into colors, air disturbances into sound, and nerve signals into sensory information. These subjective experiences are called qualia. But remove the converter, and reality stops making sense. There still will be photons, sound waves and temperature, but there will be no more colors, sounds or sensory feelings. There is a thought experiment that explores this topic, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? The tree will make disturbances in the air when falling, but it will not generate the sensation of sound that we're accustomed to. Without any observers, the universe would exist, but without any qualia such as colors, temperatures or even the speed of the flow of time. Without anyone to observe it, the entire lifespan of the universe might very well last an instant, or conversely, an eternity. Similarly, the past only exists inside your brain, in the form of memories. The objective reality only exists during the infinitesimally small instance called the present, you could even argue that because the present is so short-lived, your consciousness becomes aware of it only after it has become the past. So you are only experiencing the past. And now, a very quick announcement. I have added a few nice things to my merch store with the link in the description. You can pro Now back to the topic. Remember that red apple? What if your red isn't the same as someone else's red? You could have both lived your entire lives agreeing on the colors even though you could have had different qualia in regards to that. How do you know that my voice generates the same sound inside your head that it would in someone else's? That cannot be proven. 
so let's just pretend that our subjective realities are the same for the sake of our sanity. Oh, and how about this? How do you know that anything outside of your perceptions inside your brain is real? What if all these qualia are artificially simulated and in reality, you are just a consciousness trapped inside a laboratory? I know this is very relieving to hear, but there's nothing we can do to prove or disprove it. However, the Occam's razor rule tells us, that the simplest explanation is probably the correct one, and a trapped consciousness is a lot more complex of an explanation than just simply having real experiences. But in the end, the one and only thing that you can be sure of, is that your consciousness exists. If you can doubt your existence, you have to exist in order to doubt it. As René Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. And check Science Files merch store. Yeah, he didn't say anything about the merch store, but you get it. We've been talking about this for years. And you know what's interesting? There are a lot of people that say that we live in a simulation. We are. But are we brains in a jar? Actually, we're just consciousness in meat suits. And you know what's funny? I saw a tweet by Elon Musk referring to people the way I have in private only to two individuals in my life. And I was like, damn, meat computers. <laughs> Six inches between your ears, my friends. Now, here's the thing. Tori, 2023 reality? Oh, yeah. You're going to realize that we all co-create our reality. Meaning. If I'm sitting at a desk, you have to acknowledge it as a desk, too. You could probably see it as a bed. And then, therefore, that would conflict. Therefore, you cannot be in my reality. In 2023, there are no scripts. Because we have trained ourselves to use the collective reality of tangible items that have remained constant throughout history. Allow me to elaborate. On yesterday's show, I was showing a video. And that video was showing Algeria in the time of the 50s and the 60s, where there were the burqa wearers and the non-burqa wearers. They looked cosmopolitan and they were out. They were wearing mini skirts and they weren't oppressed. All religions were walking about together in perfect harmony. Well, until the U.S. happened, right? And as you can see, deals were made, deals were cut, the whole Napoleon shenanigans. It's almost as if Waterloo's repeating itself. You know, it's almost like we have pictures of London in the late and mid and early 1800s with lights, but they'll tell you that they're candles, not electricity. They didn't have chargeable things, and they didn't have electricity back then. How dare you? See, a good pandemic takes care of the old people. They can remind people, spoken word, as they say. And this is where I pride the Muslim faith. They don't use a book that can be edited. It is spoken word from one person to another. Yet that can actually lead to a broken telephone, right? You know how when you whisper a word into someone's ear and you can whisper the word coffee. And in the end, after 20 people hear it, the message is apple pie. And you're like, wait a minute. That's two words from the word coffee. How'd you get apple pie? Well, one person must have deliberately changed it 
or one person in reality didn't agree with the other ones and heard the word coffee as apple pie. So everything can be skewed when man's involved. But one thing all of us, from zero to a hundred right now, living within the United States, the unfortunate act, the sword that they will fall on, is the consistent, constant, the U.S. Constitution. And see, you're free on paper. Let's use it. Oh, wait, paper. That's how you write stuff. Huh. Writing history. Huh. That means that you're painting your future. Like the previous video of this AI said, you don't interpret your present until it's become past. And I've said this so many times. Every second that goes by is your past. Without giving details to country or time when this happened, I remember sitting in a room with very high-level officials of various nations. And I stood by listening. I could have helped them. But it was at a time that I decided I'm there to collect and observe, not to participate anymore. That's what got me in trouble. But as I was listening to them speak in altering things to alter perceptions through Radio America and other Radio China and Radio Russia and Radio Europe, you know, state-owned, right? I remember listening to them and thinking, God, these guys are idiots. Every second that has gone by is now the past. Therefore, they're going to project onto the future the past. When will people realize that it's the past and not the future? That was a concept. And one might think, well, what do you mean? Well, they didn't share the reality. And I have to give props to someone who said that it was virtual nightmare. This is exactly a good taste of what reality really is. Thank you very much for that. We're going to watch and listen to the last 10 minutes of this, not even 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. This is where you see that maybe those of you asking, I just want to know the truth. You really don't, because it comes out something like this. I was wondering if you two was ever going to find this place. What is this place? This is Regional Broadcast Center number three. I'm the CISAR, the system operator. I'm in charge of the signal. The DBVR, you control it all from here? I don't control squad. I just maintain the system. Then who does? Nobody controls it. It's all in the program. No, I guess you could say everyone controls it. The program reads what you folks want, feeds it back to you. It's interactive. You. I don't get many visitors. Not in the last 40 years, anyway. Since the war? What war? Wasn't any war. What, do you, what happened? Nothing. War is just a story to keep the city folk happy. Make sure everybody's got a place. Most folks like the suburban life. Making money, keeping up with the Joneses. And there's some who need to feel they're running things in the city. And always a few weirdos, like those rebels you met out there, who need special attention. All part of the program. Wait, wait. Okay, so 
If there wasn't a war, then how did things get like this? Simple economics, sir. Had to happen. Sandwich. No, thanks. No. Look, a hundred years ago, this guy, Dreiser, I think his name was, invents a virtual reality machine. He sells it to a builder who realizes he can make a cheap claptrap look like the Taj Mahal. Soon everyone wants virtual houses, not just houses. Soon it's cars, lawns, trees, plastic surgery, whatever. The government got in on the act, too. You got an environmental problem? A virtual cleanup is much cheaper than a real one. Mm. Mm. Why do they make his hands so tough? That's disgusting. To you, maybe. Most people like it fine. How can you say they like it? They don't have a choice. Sure they do. How can they when it's a secret? What secret? Ain't a secret. Yes, it is. People don't know. Well, you two know. I know. Anyone who wants to know can find out. Was my door locked? People just stop caring what's real and what isn't. What's the difference, anyway? The things look, feel, taste, smell just the same. Better. The difference is reality bites back. If you ignore it, it just gets worse. Well, that was your problem. The more run-down and shabby real life got, the less folks wanted to hear about it. So they programmed all the machinery to keep it going so they wouldn't have to know. And our problem. A world with a minimum of pain. Is the whole world like that? I guess. Oh. That is, unless you count the wilderness up north. What's there? Nothing. Wilderness. There's pain anyway. When I was a kid, I had everything, but there was always this horrible pain, this pain of knowing. Knowing deep down that something, something that means everything, is missing. Maybe. But Aurora takes care of that problem. You know what Aurora is? It's genius is what it is. Wish I'd thought of it. Hmm. The credit for that has to go to the computer. It's programmed to continually keep the system more efficient, to respond to everyone's needs. And Aurora makes sure that everybody, regardless of race, physical handicap, gets exactly what they want. What is it? I'll show you. Aurora. Finally, a solution to man's age-old problem. The vice grip to bitter reality over our lives. With Aurora, our spirits, our souls, our loftiest dreams, and our bestial desires will be free to do anything and everything without violence to other people. The ultimate in total fulfillment. Plug into Aurora and never have to leave the room again. No need for all this fakery in your life. Is anything you wish. This is insane. Really? I thought the way people have always lived was insane. Seems to me this is the first sensible thing that's happened. <clears throat> oh, God, what are you doing? No! Stop it! Maybe we shouldn't go back. What if it's chaos and violence like you said? Well, I'm responsible, so I gotta go back. <sighs> Have you started to remember anything from last week? No. Just as well. I don't think you like me very much. Well, 
Thanks for coming back to get me anyway. It's amazing. It looks the way I always felt this town was like. My poor parents. Dale, come in. Dale, the prodigal son, for how is Hawaii? Uh, Dad, I didn't go to Hawaii. Aren't you going to introduce your friend, dear? Yeah, uh, this is Wendy. She's lovely, Dale. Just lovely. <sighs> Bagels, anyone? Careful, they're piping hot. So, did you surf the big waves? Ah, Mom. Dad. Do you notice anything? Anything different today? What do you mean? What do I mean? Look. Look at this cheap junk. Look around you. Look at yourselves. Dale, stop it. What's wrong with you? Dale, I am trying to watch the TV, if you don't mind. So did you get to any lures? You know I envy you, son. You enjoying your promotion? You bet, Dad. I would all to you guys. Oh, for sure. Bye, Mom. Dad? Nice meeting you, Wendy. Take good care of our boy. I will. And don't forget to write, Dave. Remember, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Blood is thicker than water. I don't understand. Is the signal still being broadcast? No. No, I guess after all these years, they don't need the signal anymore. Maybe... Maybe this is how they like it. I wonder how long it will last. <sighs> I wonder what's out there. You heard the old man. There's nothing. Just wilderness. I'd like to see that. So, which way's north? sun rises in the east. So... Wait a minute. Does the sun rise in the east? I mean, that's what we've always been told, but... Well, there's only one way to find out. The only way to defeat the darkness is to understand reality. Reality is what you make it, as you see in this movie. They had turned off the reality hacking signal, and people didn't need it anymore. They were confronted by truth, and yet they chose the sweet lie rather than the truth. 2023 is going to be quite shocking. I pray we don't have another Black Thursday. But the one thing we will have is a disruption in the news. 
They can no longer stand there looking pretty and smiling when they've peddled so many lies. Even their own people are now against them. Privatizing businesses is a problem. Making all the businesses government is also a problem. We are now at a point where cyber oligarchs that are posing as privatized companies are actually government companies, or shall I say they're a hybrid. It is almost as if the consumer division has come to the same status as government divisions. And once we realize that into our reality, and reality is existence, realism, sensibility, and truth, then everything makes sense. You are the consumer being consumed. It goes both ways. Now, in this movie, considered a horror film, because... How do you know that the sun rises from the east or the west or the north? Or you don't. And while all of you may think solar flares, solar flares will cause knockout of communications, well, let's just say they're all preparing for that. It's all part of their script. Not script. Well, they have no more ink. But we do. See... Do you know what the funny thing about all these stories of evil and good and Lucifer and God are? Is that Lucifer can hook on to you because of your desire to meet God. See, if you actually read the Bible, he refers to Satan many times almost like he is allowing him to do what he does. Spiritual armor is something that the Apostle Paul talked about a lot. The belt of truth, what holds our uniform together and keeps our limbs free, is knowing God's truth. The breastplate of righteousness, understanding how we are clothed with Christ's righteousness, is what guards our vitals. The shoes of the gospel. Yeah. I would like to more say that those shoes of the gospel that enable us to transvert difficult situations during battles is knowledge of the gospel and peace. And therefore, I should say that those shoes glow because they allow you to walk in the light of truth. The helmet of salvation our head, our brain, our R is protected clearly, knowing who saved us and how. The sword of the spirit. The word of God is our most powerful, effective, and offensive weapon against powerful spiritual enemies. The shield of faith. Trusting God's promises is what extinguishes darts of deception. Not detailed knowledge of the darts and their shooters. And last but not least, pray at all times in the spirit. Speaking to demons is not something that the Bible commends. The only speaking to demons we see is rebuking them in his name. 
praying to God are the instructions that we have been given to confronting demonic powers. So here's an example. Last night we came back, the movie was super long, and we drive into the garage. As we pull into the underground garage, our windows are open because the weather seems well. And I was smoking. And we hear a roar, snarl, growl, just as we're descending underground. Phoebe was the driver. She quickly stops the vehicle. It was quite comedic. If you were watching it, it would be a script from a movie. So picture this. Phoebe's in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat in the front. Her aunt and uncle in the back. We hear the growl and the snarl. She slams a brake, and we look at each other. Did you hear that? My cousins in the back were like, what? And so what do we both do? We clearly pull up the window. And she says, not today, Satan. Not today. Not on my watch. And I was like, that's it. See, we don't speak to evil. We just instruct it that we do not allow it. And the more you speak things like that into existence, that you cannot harm me, you cannot do anything that I will not allow you to, then so be it. Now, many of you are so stuck in the reality that you've been peddled, the endless hamster wheel, the endless seek of lack. Many of you will say, Tori, this is, nope, it's not happening. It's not happening. That's not the way the world works. I am telling you that's the way it works. I wish for all of you that the new year that comes in, aside from the nice show we'll have on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day, sorry. Here's my wish to all of you. Forget everything you know. And I've said this, and I was actually quite excited that Elon Musk took the Matrix thing. Forget everything you know. Unlearn everything and start at the beginning. I urge you to focus that you have everything you need. I am telling you this because this happened to me. I was someone that has been so blessed to be around spiritual leaders, to actually have them part of my family. And I didn't get it through my thick skull until the moment happened. Forget the lack Forget the, oh, I can't do that. You can. Oh, I can't do that. You can. Many people call it mindset. Many people call it the law of attraction. Stop. Associate with the people that think like you. From one to two to two to four to six to eight. Associate with people like you. When you guys get together and you group and you have your potluck and you discuss, okay, how are we going to target this? How are we going to do this? You're resonating at a frequency with people just like you. All of you at that moment are writing history together. Together. Each of you are writing history together. Every single one of you are writing history together. Therefore, that means you're painting the future. 
everything that I have said has been about time and about what is to come. And if you look at it in retrospect, the only delays and deviances were the people. The people. There was an experiment that Oprah did decades ago where they all got together in some freaking weird spiritual place and they all had a simultaneous prayer or what did they call it? Meditation session across the world. That was proof of concept. Just how everything they put out can actually manifest in reality. I say this again. The only reason President Trump was able to get elected was because there was a prayer held that eve with people praying globally at the same time. Globally at the same time. Whoever you... I titled today's Neville Goddard... Oh, there we go. There it is. Whoever you imagine will imagine you. Allow me to share this video. Maybe you'll understand what I mean. About no more scripts. It's all you now. I titled today's Neville Goddard Conversation, Who You Imagine Imagines You. So let's reflect together upon this quote here in which he says, To cultivate the faculty of seeing the invisible, we should often deliberately disentangle our minds from the evidence of the senses and focus our attention on an invisible state, mentally feeling it and sensing it until it has all the distinctness of reality. Now this is a wonderful quote for many reasons, two of which are as follows. Number one, disentangling our minds from the evidence of the senses brings our attention to the formless self, I, awareness. By doing this, we completely ascend beyond any doubt. Doubt could be considered an adversary to accepting a desired state. I see doubt as revealing subconscious beliefs which I is transcendent to anyways. So there's no concern, for you can dissolve those beliefs via inner conversation with them as we discussed in Thursday's video. I'll put a link in the description to it. So this I transcends beliefs and personal identity. It has neither face, form, nor figure. It can, however, mold into structure by whatever we consciously choose to associate with it. This I in each of us is one with the I of all. Number two, from this I center we imagine carrying on a conversation with someone we desire to speak with beyond doubt. This conversation is an accurate representation of an invisible, desirable state. And as we accept the self-suggestion by feeling its realness in imagination, it happens. For example, the other day I got back from the gym and I was looking at an image and right away I thought of a client. 
I thought feelingly of this client, which is to accept the suggestion. And this is someone who I did not speak with nor think of for around three months. So as I sat at my desk, an email pops up, and it was an email from her. She said, let's book a call. I'd like to discuss some items with you. So who imagined who? It appears from my experience that it happens at the same time. I verified this in many conversations I've had with others. Now this makes sense because... So we don't have to watch this whole video, but I'd like to read something on here. Your beliefs, your fixed attitudes of mind, constantly modify your consciousness as it is reflected on the mirror of your mind. Your consciousness, modified by your beliefs, objectifies itself in the conditions of your world. To change your world, you must first change your conception of it. Now, you know, when reading the Bible, for all those that quote, give out quotes and thump and do, they don't understand the meaning. Serving others is serving you. You serve yourself by serving others because there is no lack. If you see the world from a perspective of lack, oh boy, do I struggle with that. And I am sure every single one of you have had that stress. I stress with it, right? It's really hard not to stress with lack when you're overdrawn, when you know, you have two zeros and two decimal points in your, in your bank account. I'm there with you. I feel the same things and I see the same things, yet I choose to reject that reality. It's programming. So even if they take the machine offline, you're still conditioned. And so on this screen, it says, the question is often asked, what should be done between the assumption of the wish fulfilled and its realization? And the answer is nothing. It is a delusion that other than assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, that you can do anything to aid the realization of your desire. Everything happens automatically. Now, that is what pissed me off the most. These books on laws of attraction. They skewed how you can actually manifest reality and what you want. You want a better environment for yourself to dwell in? Why? Do you need 20 bedrooms? Do you need this? Oh, I would like heated floors because it gets cold here. That should happen. Ask yourself and make it so. Stop, Tori. It sounds real woo-woo. No, it's actual fact. What we've been doing for the past three years and actively in two, is change the course of history. I don't think you guys realize it. This is why they're so desperate to replicate what you have done. This is why they can't stand you. They'll label you. They'll say anything they want. But the actual reality of it is, you change the course of history by using the things that they never changed tangible, historical, and eternal documents. You've already done it. You just can't see it yet. Others can. 
why do you think they're so desperate in recreating what you created? I didn't create it. You did it. In actual fact, it was PSYOPs that made the suggestion and then others took it and pretended that they built it. But that's actually how it works. As someone who stepped outside of the box, it's not right to do the changes yourself. Someone takes hold of it and says, look, Tori, I found water. And then I'll be like, oh, look, here's water. Let me show you what's inside the water. That's fair. How's that? Does that make sense? Because then you tell people what their reality is too. And rather than tell people what their reality is, let them see it themselves. Speaking things into existence is everything you know unlearn. Step into your new year, which has, time's been moving fast, hasn't it? So weird. To think that six years ago, right, we were with a president-elect. To think that six years ago, someone selfish that couldn't make it about themselves helped kick off Russiagate. You know, and did you guys hear that song that was written 14 years ago, something about a stone? So I just want to say something. <laughs> Every single person plays a role in the reality that they all co-share. There are many people that I've met that said, I never thought I'd meet that person. Why not? Never thought I would be doing this. Why not? Because it wasn't in your program reality. You were supposed to do one thing. And a lot of people will be like, well, I didn't ask to get beaten by my husband. I didn't ask to get raped. I didn't ask to lose everything. I didn't ask to have a gambling addiction. I didn't ask to be a drug addict. I didn't. Well, you paint your future. And while many people say, well, I didn't ask for him. Well, you paint your future. There is no death if you think about it. That's why, you know, sometimes I joke around and I'm like, you know, I'm ready to come home. I'm done. Right. <laughs> it's like, nope. I say what time and that's the time you're coming, period. Could you imagine if you actually knew when your time was up? Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. When you knew your time was up because the collective reality decides that you're gone. Everyone's losing their mind. Barbara Walters, now there's conspiracy theories. They took her out because she's an asset. Shut up. She was like 90. She had like one and a half feet in the grave, okay, already, right? She was like testing her coffin out, you know, every other day, all right? Stop with this rubbish and focus on what is really happening, the reality you share. See, all of the things that I was shouting about and getting angry about with the misinformation, disinformation was because they were skewing your reality. They had you sit on your ass when we could have been writing letters and filing lawsuits before the 2020 elections. They had you telling, oh, and you know what? What was I supposed to come out and go contradictory to the front? I mean, I'm not a salmon. Swimming upstream, damn, I was doing that anyway. I'm like the super Pacific salmon right there. But I can't just take the whole message and rip it out, just like others can't take the whole message and rip it out. They try to show that going upstream a little bit leaves the stupid salmon behind and you can see all the stupid salmon. You've invested your time and energy into things that didn't have to be.
And I've said this many times. Don't even listen to me. Don't trust me. Don't anything. One thing you can do is listen to your president, which many people are telling you is dumb, is this, is that, is duh, it's infiltrated and everything. Huh? What did I tell you about your own communities, online and offline? Assume that everyone infiltrated you. What would Jesus do? You know, we should start saying that to ourselves in our head. What would Jesus do? Is this Christ-like? Or whatever religion you are. Is this Muhammad-like? Is this Yeshua-like? Whatever, however you want to imagine it. Ask yourself that in your head. Right? So if Jesus walks into a room filled with infiltrators and people that are just like, yeah, this, 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 what would he do? See, Jesus didn't come to take down empires with guns a-blazing. He didn't come with riots and protests. He came with a word. And the word wasn't targeting the government. It wasn't targeting the regimes, the Caesars. It wasn't targeting religions. It was simply targeting the hearts and minds of the people. He didn't want to set Israel on fire. He just wanted to set a fire in the people's hearts. And that's exactly what he did. And when you want to do good, what you do is you emulate. You emulate the things that you have been taught and given. You emulate light. You emulate love. You emulate everything you want. Some traits are fixed that we learn at a young age, kind of like those people in the movie Virtual Nightmare 2000, right? They were taught from a young age to see the barcodes as a TV and the stale cookies as hot bagels because that's what the barcode said, so their mind immediately can read it as that. But then comes in new blood, a new generation, a generation of transition, almost like the transition generation we had with Gen X. That went from, that was born into the realm of no barcode cookies and pushed into the realm of the barcode cookies and says, well, wait a minute. I remember a time when we didn't have barcode cookies and now we're doing barcode cookies and the barcode cookies are easy, right? But think about it. Throughout time and history, they tell you that mankind has not advanced at all, but we just suddenly had a boom in the 1900s and the most accelerated boom was from 90 to 2000. And then you have to ask yourself, why? Well, because nothing can stop what's what's coming. There's a time limit, right? Time, time. They thought because they could command writing the future with a broad brush that they can get and swerve Omega from the Omega that was meant. He is the Alpha and Omega. He starts and he ends with a period of rest. So tomorrow, we'll talk about the problems we do have. The problems that will be manifesting to bring all of this to light. The restitution, the reality, all the R's, the rabbit holes, the repentance, the regret, the resolutions, and the rest. Hybrid Chinese programs that are of communist nature are still hybrid programs. 
You can't go to a supermarket without being seen and documented. You can't shop. You can't speak. You can't exchange communications. You can't even go and take a poop in privacy. In fact, I like to make sure the Alexa is watching me when I do that. Just so I could be like, hey, like to watch? Yeah, this is where we're at. And yet it's for your safety, of course. See, that's how Satan gets a hold of you. The only thing that makes evil flee and can't touch you is when you submit yourself to God. Resisting the devil. Oh my gosh, does he creep in. He creeps in all the time. To me, to you, to everyone. Restitution. 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 Reparations. Rest. Well, but it has to kick off with the words recession. When those come up and they start saying it and the banks start putting measures and, 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 and. You know, how do you know it's happening? Pay attention to your markets. Pay attention to the news. You know, a lot of people think, oh, America is the forefront of the revolution. Guys, many other nations tried too. And they failed. And they're still trying. Yet here we are rolling over for Starbucks. Remember, Minority Report, Bill Barr made that happen. Keep that in mind. Today, when you bid goodbye to your year and you think, this is what I'd like. Because, you know, we're all manifesting that New Year's is happening tonight at midnight, wherever you are, when it's already the new year on the other side of the planet. But, you know, don't pay attention to that. Just pay attention to your time zone, your time zone, your reality, your region, your sector, your division. Pay attention to just that. Forget about the fact that other people already have come into the new year. We got a problem with our location. It's no longer there. Time frame? 13 minutes. Thank you. Investigator from the feds here. Yeah, I don't need some twink from the fed poking around right now. John, the word's on your calendar. I left you a message at your house. Check in with the papers ahead of Ford and see if the neighbors knew where they went. Check all relations. Check in neighbors and relations. But John, right? Just get him some coffee. Tell him some stories how I save your ass every day and you can't live without me. I got coffee. Thank you. Danny Whitman, the twink from the fed. Oops. Gum. Sorry, Danny, I'm going to have to give you the full tour some other time. The Marxists moved a couple of weeks ago. Nobody knows where, still searching for family and employer. Time horizon, 12 minutes. All right, what he's doing now, we call scrubbing the image, looking for clues as to where the murder is going to happen. Original running bond brick pattern, streamline early Georgian details. The brick has been repointed. And that this nation, this nation, under God, under God, shall not perish from the earth. Victims are pronounced here, killers here. Beyond that, the date of the crime, all we have to run out of the images that they produce. Show a cop on horseback. Near the capital? No magnet system. Come on. Georgetown. The precogs can see a murder four days out. Why the late call? Well, we call it a red ball. With crimes of passion, there's no premeditation, so they show up late. Most of our scrambles are flash events like this one. We rarely see anything with premeditation anymore. People have gotten the message. Uh-huh. Oh, this is good. 
I show a match with Dwight Kingsley, 18th century architect. He did two dozen houses in D.C. Time rise in ten minutes. Ten minutes! Oh. Look at this, kid. This one is on the left side of the man in the suit. Yes? So? This one is on the right. It's a park. Tell me there's only 16 of these no America rounds left in the city. Two in Georgetown, one in Barnaby Woods, the others in Woodley. Woodley's all Victorian. It's got to be Barnaby Woods. Bonham, flight time. Wait, I drive three minutes after wheels up. Seventeen years ago, the FBI under Robert Cuspertson deployed the program. Seventeen years ago, the same program that was being compiled across the world for everyone. Rise, revolution, bloodless ones. Recession, rest, restitution. Well, all the R's. See you tomorrow. Have a happy, healthy new year in which you shed everything you've learned and start with a fresh slate. Take that first step, the first one, in the light of truth. Let his truth light your way. You need not walk in sight. Just walk in faith. God bless. Thank you.